Hello and <laughs> welcome uh, to me and Emily, who is my wife. This is Preston Shuttlesworth, and now officially for two months, Emily Shuttlesworth. <laughs> and <right>. uh, <laughs> you may think, "Wow, Preston really hit his breakthrough. He already has a full studio." But no, I'm just being a leech right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm using my cousin Jonathan's uh, studio just for one broadcast because this will be my first YouTube video. So if you're watching this, this is actually the debut of uh, a YouTube ministry that will reach dozens of people. And so <laughs> it's going to be an awesome broadcast. We just got back, Emily, from Connecticut. That's right. From a place called New Milford, Connecticut, which is near Danbury, which you've also probably never heard of. Um, and today I felt to do a podcast about what the Lord did in those meetings. Mm -hmm. And this episode, the first episode that we're going to do together... Um, I've wrote down nine reasons why I, or I guess I should say we, uh, had our best meeting. And obviously it's our best meeting together because it's our, our first and only meeting we've ever done yeah, together. Yeah, it was, it was the first time that I was able to travel with him. Right. And it was awesome. And um, the reason I say it was my best meeting, I mean, that's kind of subjective. You might watch the replays of that service and think, well, I thought it was terrible. But <laughs> for me... Like what I saw in the meetings and the testimonies of the youth and how it grew. And actually, it was the first meeting I've ever had that got extended. Uh, the last night went so well, and the kids were receiving so much that they didn't want the services to end. And so we extended and kept going. And that was the first and only time that's ever happened in my ministry up until this point. Usually when I finish a meeting, uh, they're glad that it's over. <laughs> and they're like, you know, hit the road. Um, but this was the first one that actually got extended. And so I want to give nine reasons uh, why I think personally that we've talked about together, me and my wife, as to why it was my best meeting. And I'm making this because I know there's probably kids that follow me on Instagram. Maybe you're in high school right now. Maybe you're in Bible school. Maybe you're starting out in the ministry in your first few years or whatever it might be. And you have questions about how do I have an effective meeting? And I'm not, you know, I'm self-aware. I'm not Billy Graham yet. I'm not mm -hmm. T.L. Osborne. There's people in my family that are, you know, light years ahead of me. But I want to do a broadcast and an episode of this. Uh, I guess it's the first video podcast that we're doing. Uh, and give you nine reasons as to why I think it was. And so I want to begin. The first thing I thought of was fasting and prayer. So nine reasons why it was my best meeting. Number one fasting and prayer. I thought it was interesting, and I want you to add on to this as well, um, that the meeting was like right after the 21-day fast yeah. ended. And I think the meeting began on the 24th, and the fast ended on the 22nd. Is that what it was? Yes. Um, we ended on the 22nd that Tuesday, and the then meeting we started went Wednesday. On, on Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday. So it was like literally the day after mm -hmm. the fast. And I want to read this scripture to you. Uh, from the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, who, as my cousin says, uh, he considers an expert in the Christian faith, Jesus. Um, so it's good to look at his, his life and what he did uh, with his ministry, verse or chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
And so number one, how do you have effective meetings? How do you have a meeting that when you finish it, people won't say that it was boring or that it was average or that it was forgettable? But I prayed and I fasted in the beginning of this year. One of my main prayer points that I had was, Lord, I want an extended meeting. I want a meeting that is impactful. You know, there's, I think, 25 or so kids from that meeting that are signed up to not just answer an altar call that says they want to go to Bible school. You know, because I've done that before in meetings where, like, if you feel called into the ministry, I want you to come to the altar. I'm going to pray for you. And that's good. I've done that a lot. But 25 of those teenagers are actually signed up with permission slips, and they're raising money to come to Pittsburgh. Yeah, to come to RTBI and visit for, uh, I think it's the next spiritual emphasis, right? Yes. And February, or at the end of February, beginning of March. And so I asked the Lord during fasting and prayer, Lord, I want that kind of meeting. I don't want to just go places, and I put my graphic up, and no one cares, and nothing happens. And when you're starting out, you know, that's good. It's good to have just things to do. But I want to do effective work for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I know we both want to do effective work for the Lord. So fasting and prayer... When I look at the lives of every man of God and woman of God that has done great things for God, they fasted and they prayed. Jesus fasted and prayed. Bishop David Oyedepo fasts and prays. Um, All of the people that we read about, you know, we see on YouTube with their black and white videos of miracles and, you know, meetings and revivals that went weeks and months and things like that. They were people that fasted and prayed. And I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but I think that's a big, big one right there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a coincidence that probably the best meeting that you've had was right after fasting and prayer. Yeah. Um, I think it just gets you, I guess, in the flow of things. It gets you, I mean, you're, you're praying daily, which you should be doing anyway, yeah, but you're like praying you daily, praying you're fasting, <laughs> you're, you're just more in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I so, think your spirit is more sensitive during that yes, time. And, and I think God respects it as yes. well. And then... Um, one of the scriptures that I took notes of, which is like one of the most popular ones when it comes to fasting and prayer, is Isaiah 58. Um, and where, when he's talking about fasting, and it says, um, when, when he's talking about the kind of fasting that he wants, it says, then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds, wounds will quickly heal, your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke of oppression, stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors, and then it goes on and on, the Lord will guide you continually. But it talks about the benefits. It's, right. it's really long. But, but <laughs> it talks about, yeah, there's a reward to fasting and prayer, and it's, you know, the, it says the glory of the Lord will follow you. He yeah. will hear your, your prayer when he's more inclined to hear your prayer when you're fasting and prayer. He honors your prayer when you're fasting and praying. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I don't think it was a coincidence that probably the best meeting that you've had was immediately after that. Um, yeah, and I've made up yeah. in my mind, like every meeting I have from here on out, I'm going to fast and pray at least three days Yeah, leading up to the time of where I'm going to preach. I'm going to do that from now on in my ministry, and I would recommend that you do that. You know, my dad uh, is a pastor in Virginia Beach, and we would fast three days every month, um, every year growing mm-hmm. up. And beca- he did that because at, by the end of the year, if you did three days a month every month, it would be 36 days, which is mm-hmm. a tithe of the year, 365 days. Yeah. But then we'd also do 21 days in the beginning of the year. 
But I'm going to fast and pray before every meeting. And I would recommend to you, if you're 19, 20, I don't care if you know, you're 45, maybe you're listening to this. You should fast and you should pray and believe that God would do great things in your meetings and watch the difference that it makes. It makes yeah. a big difference. Okay, number two, the second reason that I think it was a great meeting was the host of the meeting. You know, a lot of times you'll have good meetings. Like, I believe I've had good meetings. I don't think this one was like my only one that was good. But you need like the youth pastor or the pastor or whoever it is that is running or hosting the thing that you're invited to do. They need to be someone that can flow with the Holy Spirit and yeah. loves the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because believe it or not, this might surprise you. There will be people that you minister for and churches that you minister in that do not like the demonstration and the move of the Holy Spirit. They want things to be very uh, controlled. They want things to be very time uh, constrained. And, you know, this has to happen at this time. And we're, we're going to give you the mic and we want you to go 30 minutes and then do what you, you know. It's all very um, structured, which is, there's nothing wrong with structure. But when it gets to a point where, like, God can't move, it is very difficult to have good meetings. And I understand you're saying, well, why are you telling me that I can't control that? I would make it a point, and obviously, like, even I'm in this stage now where I say yes to basically everything. <laughs> like, if someone were to ask me, hey, can you um, come into this dark alley and preach to us? It's like, sure, I, I believe there's a meeting down there, and then I get mugged. Like, I would do it because I just want to preach, and I want to do something. But you should, <laughs> you should pray and ask the Lord to bring people into your life that want revival and yeah. want to see the move of the Spirit. You know, Pastor Joey, the youth pastor at that church in Connecticut, is an awesome guy, and his wife, Brianna, does an awesome job. And so when we came, it wasn't like, I've never seen this before. I mean, there were some things that were, like, new to them, I guess, but, you know, they're open to the move of the Spirit. They're open right. to laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, if you want to lay hands on all the kids, and we'll get you oil and, like, lay hands yeah. on them. And so that was awesome. I think mm -hmm. that was a big difference. Because um, sure. there have been people I've preached for that, like I said, will give you a time restraint, finish by this time, we have to raise money for this thing at the end. Can you please take an offering for this? And like they give you all these things to do and you can't just be a rebel. And I am wearing a UNLV rebels hat, but you can't, you can't just be a, a rebel and be like, well, I'm gonna do my own thing. Like you have to be in agreement with the pastor or the, or the youth pastor, whoever it is. And I wanna read a scripture to you out of Amos about this point in chapter three. In verse three, the Bible says this, can two walk together unless they agree? Mm -hmm. Can two walk together unless they agree? When you go to do a meeting, whether you know it or not, you're coming in, into agreement with that ministry, that pastor, or that youth pastor. And so if you don't agree doctrinally, if you don't agree on what is going to happen in the meeting, I think it's going to be very difficult to have a good meeting, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I would add that if there's anything you want to say about, you know, Joe and Brianna and how great they are. And they are I mean, pretty they, great. They are great. They're yeah. probably going to watch this, so we should yeah. probably really suck up to them. No, that they're things. awesome people. Um, <laughs> you know, they're 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 great. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. Um, you know, I, it's definitely helpful that we go there, and they're kind of just like feel free to do whatever you want to do. Um, and they love the Lord. They love people. They love obviously the kids in their youth ministry and they want to see them encounter God. So to them, it was kind of like whatever it takes, like go ahead and do it. Um, and so that's definitely helpful. Kind of like you said, yeah. it's, um, I don't know, I guess it, it reminds me of even like Jesus, like Jesus couldn't perform miracles because of 
people's unbelief, like in his hometown, because they just weren't yeah. willing to receive yeah. either. So, receive yeah. so you you have to be mindful. And I guess I say like if if you don't see the results that you want in a meeting, like take a look at that. Don't be discouraged. Like I'm sure, like Jesus couldn't per- literally couldn't perform miracles because of people's unbelief. So yeah, unbelief. because of un- unbelief, yeah. yeah. So I would say like don't be discouraged. Um, you know because. Yeah. Sometimes, like it's people's it's people's unbelief's fault. I don't know how to, how else to explain it, but yeah. um, and also like there's been times where I'll come into a service and they're playing some song that's like full of unbelief. Or, yeah, like, I don't know. There's that or song, even uh, secular music. I mean, I I, I would or, hope yeah. 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 So it it's like that bad. it doesn't really set the atmosphere for kids or or anybody really to. Yeah, um, like, receive. Like I'll come in and I'll have a message about like repentance and salvation, mm-hmm. but then I'll hear that song. I'm not here for blessing. Yeah. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And then I'm, I'm, they're all singing it, and I get angry in my spirit. Mm-hmm. And then instead of preaching what I what I wanted to preach, I have to like rebuke and teach about why that's not scriptural. Yeah, come and with an it, expectation. Yeah, and then yeah. it kind of throws me off my game where it's like, okay, now I have to spend time correcting this because mm-hmm. things aren't where they need to be. And then it kind of wastes time. Whereas if it's like they're already on the ball when you get there, I think things can move quicker. Yeah, I, so I it's definitely that. helpful when you when you want a good reading. It's helpful for, for them to like actually be spiritually hungry. Yeah, and then this next point, I want to talk about you because I want to talk about how much of a blessing you've been to me. Because the third Thanks. point is sharing what the Lord does in your meetings. <laughs> I'm, reading, I'm reading his notes, and it literally says Emily right under <laughs> Yeah, that's my notes. It's just her name with, like, all uh, capital letters. Yeah. Because I am not a social media guru. No. <laughs> I'm not someone that likes to take pictures of myself doing anything besides, like, my dog or me playing Xbox with, like, my friends. And so it's not my personality to be like, hey, guys, I'm vlogging. I'm, I'm here in Connecticut doing this thing. But marrying <laughs> Emily, and it's important to marry the right person mm-hmm. because you already had experience at the church that you were at before doing graphics and reels and um, editing and all these kinds of things. You knew how to, like, I don't have a camera yet. Like, I don't, these cameras that we're using today are not mine. They don't belong to me. I don't even own Besides the camera that's on my iPhone, I don't have cameras. Right. But you knew, okay, I can rent a camera, mm-hmm. and I can use it. You knew, again, all this stuff is like a different language to me. You knew what kind of card to get to take the pictures. And so for me, that was like a revelation. It's like, man, I can actually share what's going on in the meetings. Before, mm-hmm. it would be like someone like on their Nokia, like in the crowd. like Yeah, taking, or nothing <laughs> at all. Taking a video with like uh, 17 pixels of like my face. And I would have to share that and be like, okay, Preston's trying, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but now it's like I can actually share testimonies that we took of the kids mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we haven't shared a ton of them, just one. But it's like what the Lord did, like a girl got healed of a heart condition. Another uh, young teenager, um, he was going to go to a party, right? And then he came to the meeting instead. Yeah, and, I don't know if we shared that one. Well, I but, probably, yeah, I should share that one. Yeah, well. we probably should. We should post it. But. Yeah, so this kid, you know, yeah. he, he came up, we, we recorded uh, testimonies after the service, and he came up and he said that all of his friends kept inviting him to parties all weekend, um, and at first he kind of was like, uh, like hesitant, I guess, to like reject his friends because he felt like going to church was an obligation for him, but as the weekend went on, um, when his friends invited him, actually to the last night, um, the last night that we were there when it got extended, um, his friends invited him out again, and he actually had uh, 
desire to go to church, um, yeah. like willingly. And then he told his friends that um, he's had more fun at those meetings, praising God with his friends than any other party. Like he's had more fun at church than any other party that he's been to with his friends. So that and was awesome. He's one of the kids that signed up to come on the trip. Yeah, and right? now he signed yeah. up to come on the trip to come visit RTBI. So yeah. it's awesome. And all of that is because of you. Because, I mean, I could say it like, on, on the mic or something, but it's better, like, when you see the kid's face and you see, mm-hmm. you know, tears coming down their eyes, like, the Lord touches them, the Lord does something, they're testifying, and you can share it with people. It's not to, like, get clout, and it's kind of cringy for me to say that word, but, like, <laughs> to, like, get all these people, like, oh, man, they're doing something. Mm-hmm. But look what the Bible says in uh, Psalms, Psalm 9, the book of Palms. Uh, Psalm 9, in verse 1, it says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. And so the Lord wants us to tell of his marvelous works. God doesn't want to do something in secret. God wants to do it in the open. Why? Because he wants the glory for it. And so when we go and we preach and we minister, and when you go and when you preach and when you minister, share what the Lord has done with people. I think it gives glory to God. I think it actually attains favor with God. Mm -hmm. When God sees, wait, they're not doing it because they want you know, people to see that they're successful in the ministry. They want to do something great for, for me so that they can tell people of all the things mm-hmm. I can do. Yeah. And I think God loves that. And I think it's important. Yeah. And I mean, all throughout the Bible, when, you know, Jesus encountered people and they got touched, they went, they went back to their families. They went back to their towns and they talked about how Jesus changed their life, how mm-hmm. he healed them. And yeah. they praised God. They testified. The they Bible testified. says there's power in our testimony. Right. Um, so I think sharing those things and even just pictures, seeing what God is doing. You know, we posted pictures of, of how the room was filled. It yeah, was literally like filled to the back with kids. Yeah. And I think it I, I think it encourages people to be able to display that, like God is doing something great in our nation. Yeah. You know, I think everything they see is negative. Yeah, everything in social media is negative. You know, you're seeing all this crap about like elections and what's going on in like Ukraine and Russia. There's certain or whatever. that have ent- entire shows dedicated. Yeah, to, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> there's like. People are negative in, yeah. by default. Mm-hmm. And so when you become a person that's not negative by default and you're actually yeah. positive and you're saying, look what the Lord's doing. God's yeah. doing great things mm-hmm. in the youth. All the youth don't care about God anymore. Yeah. You can't have long meetings anymore. Mm-hmm. No one wants to come to church anymore. It's like, be quiet. Like yeah. I've, I've seen it firsthand. People yeah. are hungry, mm-hmm. but they just don't want terrible church services. Yeah. They want the power of God. And I think it encourages young people as well. You know, young people are told that. They're told that the youth don't care. They're told that America doesn't care about God. And so when you're able to share what God is doing in your meetings, I think it even encourages other ministers and other, you know, people who are starting out like any Bible college students. Like, you know what? Like, I don't care what people are saying. Like, I see it with my very own eyes, what God is doing in in my country. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. I know that that's how I felt before. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, obviously you're, you're showing glory to God to what he's doing, but it's also encouraging to other people. Absolutely. So I think it's important. Don't be embarrassed. Even if there's, I don't know, 12 people there or yeah. less, share what God's doing. And then also, I would say this, be honest about what God's doing. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, there's been times where it's like, 
oh, <laughs> like if I showed the picture of like that was on the meeting, I was like, 500 teenagers were here. It's like, no, there weren't. That one. would not be true. <laughs> there's 120, but yeah. be thankful that there's 120. There was 65 yeah. on the first night, but now mm -hmm. there's 120. But there's people, and I don't want you to be this kind of person, that they lie about what God's doing in the services. Mm -hmm. No one did get saved. No one did, it didn't grow. Mm -hmm. But I think people, especially in 2024, they can recognize authenticity and yeah. genuineness. Mm -hmm. And so if you become someone that's authentic and genuine, I think that's why John and Adolis are exploded like they have for mm -hmm. years, is because they're authentic. They are who they are. It's not like you'll meet John and Adolis like off of a platform and they're totally different people. Yeah. You know, don't be one of those preachers that goes into their preacher voice and they need an organ and they're just like this character on a, on a stage. Like be authentic, be mm -hmm. real. What did God do? And I think people respond to it. And I think, yeah, I, think so too. I didn't take any offerings during these meetings. Mm -hmm. I didn't take one. I didn't put a slide on my story like, hey, you can give to me this way. But I've, I already got five new uh, $100 a month partners from that meeting. Mm -hmm. Not because I pushed. I, did I ever mention partnership nope. once? Did I mention it to Joey to say it to me about no. it? No. I just did what the Lord asked me to do. And then the Lord brought people that would help us. Yeah. And I think when you do that, and I'm not saying it's wrong, you should take offerings in your meetings. I made them, I probably should have. But um, what I'm saying is when you focus on the things that are important, God will take care of the things yeah. that you worry about. And so I would say that. Um, mm -hmm. I could talk about that one for a while. That's a good one. But yeah. uh, let's keep going because I don't want to make this forever. Um, number four, end your services on a high note. Praise. Don't preach past the high note. So when you end a meeting, don't close in prayer and ask everyone to bow their heads and solemnly pray some prayer and then dismiss them with like a funeral song. You know, especially with youth meetings, it should, it should end like mm -hmm. powerfully. Yeah. Every night or I guess the final three nights, I ended mm -hmm. by praying for the kids. Yeah. And the final two nights, I had them line up around the room and prayed on with, with them with uh, oil. I anointed them with oil. And while they were doing that, I, I didn't have them play some slow worship song. I told the worship leaders, like, you know, let's get some drum, let's get some, a little bit of bass, like, let's get it moving a little bit. Because you don't want, the, a service could go well for like 95% of it, but at the end, it's like, Want, want, want. And yeah. it's like it ends like, you know, at like a whimper. End it strong. And then also when you're preaching, because I made this mistake, and I know uh, my cousins and my uncles have said this before, you can make a mistake of preaching past the anointing or past the high point of the service. And I used to do this. I had this thought like, well, if my meeting ends at 930 um, and it starts at 7, we didn't have revival because it sucked. Because it's like, oh, you only went to 930? What are you, a Baptist? You know what I mean? <laughs> Because I had this thought, because in my mind, like, you know, you go, to, you go to Dr. Rodney's in Tampa. You don't get a church until it's, like, the next day. Yeah. You get literally. out, and you're, like, get it, go in the Chick-fil-A to get chicken minis. That's how long those services go. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's his flow. But if the anointing hits strong at 8.50, don't feel like you have to preach till 10 o'clock and then do what you want to do. Like, I would finish, like, when people are into it, mm -hmm. you know, let God do what he wants to do. Don't stand in the way of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And be like, well, I, I, want, I got a word from God. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, God yeah. showed up in the meeting. Let God do what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Don't is, feel the need to finish your message if God is already moving. Yeah, because what basically. is the purpose of a minister if it's not to, yes, preach the word, preach the word. You know, there's those people that were like, 
we had church last night, brother. We didn't even get to the, the Bible. We were worshiping. So, okay, you didn't have church. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you preach the word. You preach powerful. You preach full of the Holy Ghost. But then when the service hits that breakthrough point, boom, you go into ministering to the people, finish on a high. Let them leave happy. Let yeah. the people leave the service thinking, man, I was encouraged in that meeting. I received from God in that meeting. Not, you know, I went to, yeah, I went to youth last night. It was all right. Like that kid that said, I had more fun at church yeah. than I did, you know, going to some campfire and getting drunk with my friends or whatever he's going to do. I had more fun at church. It wasn't because I asked them to play the blessing song yeah. about how they're not there for blessing. Um, no, finish on a high, finish strong. Yeah. And when you go to your meetings, because I believe God's going to open doors for you this year. If you're a minister or aspiring minister, even if you're in Bible school, high school, I don't care. Whatever the Lord opens up for you to do, preach strong. When the anointing hits, minister to the people. And the Lord will lead you. Maybe you preach longer, but be a minister that's led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you'll have good meetings that way. Yeah. Would you agree? I agree. So I'll finish there for that one. That's the fourth. And I'll, I know this is priority going a little long, but we're on the fifth reason. Um, the fifth reason I think it was a great meeting was simple but powerful doctrines. And I think this is a good one because there's a lot of, especially with youth, I don't know, like I, I went to a lot of youth meetings growing up as a teenager, obviously, <laughs> a lot. And there have been many times where I sat through a service and I thought to myself, what in the world was that guy talking about? It's true. I have no idea what that message was about. He said something about the priestly ephod. He mentioned Babylon. He Some mentioned an angel. That he mentioned the tribes of Israel. <laughs> like he said things that were in the Bible. It, mm -hmm. It's not like he preached out of the Quran. But it was like, what was the point of that service? Like, again, I won't name names because I don't want to be rude. But there was a service that we were in, right? <laughs> and I was like... I was thinking it, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it. There was a service that we were in recently. And I, I sat through that service and I was like... Where is this going? Like he, he started out. Or what's out, the point? What's the point of the service? And this wasn't like a Tuesday night Bible study. This was like a Sunday morning service. Mm -hmm. And it's not, obviously it wasn't this ministry, obviously. But we were in a service. We were traveling. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> people were, never mind. Um, and we're listening. And he's talking about Joseph or something. And then he's like, I actually have no idea what he talked about. And that, yeah, that's, you know, is a bad service. <laughs> because it's like, what did he even say? You know, mm -hmm. but like preach simple but powerful doctrines, preach on repentance, preach in youth, especially, but anywhere, preach on holy living, mm -hmm. preach on purity, preach on consecration, preach on the call of God, preach on uh, the soon return of Christ, preach on uh, doing the works of Christ, preach on the gifts of the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. preach on the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, preach on being baptized by the Holy Ghost and in the yeah. Holy Ghost. Preach on uh, praying in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Preach on things that actually matter. Yeah. Why don't those are the things that matter? Instead of preaching what some popular guy that's wearing frameless glasses and a V-neck and Crocs or whatever people wear. These I've seen crazy stuff like that guy I shared the other day. It's like this is your spiritual guide. Mm -hmm. This guy with these leather glasses and leather pants. Anyways, but <laughs> preach on things that the early church preached on. Mm -hmm. The apostle. Paul was not preaching, um, 
I don't even know, five steps to have a better business or five steps to have a more effective marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, there's times and places for those things. Yeah, but it's like a Sunday morning. But on a Sunday morning or a youth camp or a youth meeting or a revival that's Monday through Friday, preach on the things that matter. Preach on life and death. Preach on the blessing of God. Preach on things that, you know, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And one day when you stand before God, He's not going to ask you, did you mention um, the best way to have an, a marriage to that person that you preached to? He's going to ask you, did you preach the gospel to them? Yeah. And if you didn't, then their blood's on your hands, actually, mm-hmm. is what the Bible says. And so you'd think like this is an obvious point, but I, I, I have Instagram, believe it or not. I, I do have Instagram. You can follow me for mildly amusing tweets that I post on my Instagram. But... Um, I see these clips of like these youth groups and youth conferences. I have no idea what they're about. Yeah. I have no idea what the point of the service is. When it ends, I, I thought to you when I was sitting next to you in the service, I was like, how is he going to end the service? Is I he- thought to myself, how is anybody going to get saved in this service? Right. And how is anybody going to get anything from, from this service? Yeah. That was my thought. And no one and did, so, really. Yeah. And I guess that's like a thing to think about and to keep in your mind, like, when you're preaching, like, is what I'm talking about even, like, is it going to compel people to want to be saved? Yeah. You know, like, you're, you're getting one shot. You, you might be getting this one shot to preach to somebody who hasn't ever been to church. I mean, like, I've been that person who's, who's it's, it's their first time at church, is, like, giving it a try, like, is already hesitant, will probably won't continue to go to another service. This might like be the only service you're ever Yeah, in. yeah, and so you have to keep that in mind. These are maybe people who have never heard the gospel before, have never heard about the Holy Ghost. I had never heard about the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And so you have to keep that in mind, that this is your one opportunity to be able to speak to these people and speak to them about repentance and, yeah. and salvation. So... You know, like, don't focus on things that don't matter. Focus on, like, on the things that he said, the, the things that do matter. Um, what, what the Apostle Paul preached, what Peter preached. Um, what Jesus preached. What Jesus preached. Uh, I had the scripture that I read. It's 1 Corinthians 1.17. 1 For Christ the Messiah sent me out. And this is the Apostle Paul. For Christ the Messiah sent me out not to baptize, but to evangelize by preaching the glad tidings of the gospel, and that not with verbal eloquence, lest the cross of Christ should be deprived of force and emptied of its power and rendered vain, fruitless, void of value, and of no effect. What's of value is the gospel. What is the power of of God unto salvation is the gospel. So you don't have to complicate complicate things and especially especially with youth kids um a lot of them i again like i was one of them a lot of them weren't raised in church a lot of them it's the first time of church even adults a lot of them probably weren't raised in church you know grew up catholic or grew up whatever um and so a lot of them these this is the first time they're hearing anything about the bible so let it be things that are actually important things that will actually change their lives like you know like mental health of business principles, whatever, that, that might be something good to know, but that's not going to change your life. That's not going to change, you know, the, the fact that you're living in depression or, or whatever, you know, like the, what's going to change that is, is essentially the gospel. Right. So I don't know. That's, that's what I have to say about that. I think you're right on. And, uh, you got to preach simple things. You can't yeah. preach over people's heads. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
this person doesn't even know what the word doctrine means. Yeah. Don't go into some whole message about you should believe this doctrine. Like, what does that mean? At, like, it's I don't like, know if you remember this one service that we were once in, and it was like this person preached like about angels and like the heavens, and it was like a youth service. Do you remember this? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. And even me, like I had already been a Bible college and I'm like, I have no idea what this guy is talking about. It was like so complicated, so intricate. Like, and I was like, I have no idea and, and I'll what's th- going on. I'll say this too, because like, for instance, the services were going so well that the pastor was like, I'm going to come to the, one of the nights, like the head pastor, like the yeah. main guy. And this is a big church. It's like, I think what do they have? Like 1200? Like a 1200 seater? And they have multiple services with like yeah. that amount of people. So he was like, I heard it's going well. I'm going to come. You know what a lot of people would have done? They would have been like, okay, man, the head pastor's coming. I'm going to preach a message that will impress him. Mm-hmm. Instead of preaching to the people you're assigned to, th- those youth. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change and be like, well, I'm going to preach some message that I learned in Bible school about like what the real meaning of the tribes of Israel are. Because I want to impress the head pastor so maybe he invites me to speak on the Sunday morning to the big church. Mm-hmm. I'm here... Because I was invited to preach to the youth. Yeah. Youth that probably a lot of them are not on fire for God. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they are, maybe they're just there because their parents are Christians and they forced them to come to youth group. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that teenager that was going to go to a party, but mm-hmm. instead came to church and now his life has changed. Yeah. I'm here for that girl that has a heart condition. I'm here for that girl that has a broken heart, that young man that has a broken heart. I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm here to... Preach and minister to my generation. Yeah. And I think when people see that, not only will your services go well, but you'll get favor with people that you're yearning to get favor with. Because mm-hmm. they'll see it. They're genuine. They have a heart for people. You know, that yeah. pastor took us aside, walked to the whole church. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I did it, he didn't. He never talked to me. But this mm-hmm. time he was, he was interested. He was like, hey, let's, let me show you this. And, you know, things like that. Yeah. So. And then I would say, like, in the future... You know, how your meetings go, it kind of sets, like, it attracts, like, I don't know how to put this into words. Like, it attracts, like, if you if you are going to preach, like, some message to impress somebody, and it's, like, this, like, culturally cool message, whatever, you know, it kind of attracts that, like, those type of people. It attracts the right kind of people. Yeah. And, and, when, it, and it pushes yes. away weirdos. Exactly. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so yeah. when you preach powerfully, when you preach about things that matter, it'll attract the right type of people. And when you preach the wrong things, it'll attract the wrong type of people. And you'll keep, right. you know, Absolutely. Whatever. We could so. spend a lot of time on that. But let's go on um, to the sixth reason why I think it was a good meeting. We're testimony. It's like, it's like we kind of touched on that with sharing the meeting. Yeah. But I'll say this. I'll just say this one thing, then we'll move on to the seventh one. Okay. When you ask people to give testimonies in church... Do not let go of the microphone. Do yeah. not do it. You hold on to that thing like it's a loaded handgun. Because <laughs> giving the microphone away for a testimony for in a service, I've learned, is like giving a child a loaded handgun. Do not do it. And I'll say this too, like wade through the weird testimonies. Because <laughs> it'll be a testimony of like, you know, I had a dream last night that my father was a fish and he told me to be a fisher of men. It's like, okay. It's not really a testimony. It's kind of just a weird dream you had. Um, maybe just don't eat pizza before you go to sleep. Um, but, you know, when it's you give... It's the melatonin. The melatonin <laughs> right. gives, gives you big, weird dreams. But like, so when you, when you have testimonies in your services, hold the mic, do not let go of the mic, and then let people give their weird testimonies, and then you'll get some powerful ones and great yeah. ones. That we got some good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll say that, and then we'll move on to the seventh one, which I think is an important one. These last three are really good, I think, uh, if I don't say so myself. 
Um, don't be discouraged by a cold or an underwhelming first service. Because the first night that we preached, it wasn't like I thought to myself, man, this meeting is going to get extended. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? no, absolutely I, I, not. I had the thought of like, maybe this meeting will get shortened. <laughs> um, because the first night I preached on repentance, consecration, salvation. Yeah. I preached on sin. Those kinds of messages are not shout, dance, and clap messages no. um, per se. No. They're more, I'm, you know, solemn, people crying, people, um, you know, being repentant. Convicted. Convicted, yeah. yeah. Um, and so the first service was not a Holy Ghost blowout service. No. I mean, I preached, you know, I did it like I seen my Uncle Tiff do, where he's like, I'm here for souls. I'm preaching on heaven and hell, sin, and uh, holy living. I'm here to call people to a decision. So I, that's how I take uh, most of the first nights I preach, I take that, those nights for that. And then also, if you're an evangelist, you should give altar calls every night. Yeah. But that first service in particular, I focused on that. And so it wasn't like it was the most amazing service. I mean, a lot of kids got saved. Yeah. But it, like, um, it was still a, a it was a good service. A but, good service in its own right. Yeah. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a shouting message. And I have se. like I'm the kind of person like I'm my biggest critic. Like anytime yeah. I get a compliment, I'm like okay. But like yeah. anytime I get an insult, I'm like I take it to heart. Because mm -hmm. I'm like hard on myself. You know I'm hard on myself. Yeah. Whenever I finish preaching, I'm, am I ever like, man, I preach the house down? No, never. I'm always actually. like, I, I was awful. I was terrible. Yeah. I'm always like that because it's just how I am. I, unfortunately, it's not a good thing to be that way. But I, yeah. that's how I am, my personality. Mm -hmm. And so that first night that you might have one day, it might be disappointing. There might be services where you've done like three in a row and they feel disappointing. But don't get discouraged. I want to read this scripture. Where was it? Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And while I'm turning there, if you want to add about, like, how it felt from, like, the night one to, like, night three or whatever, how would you describe the difference? Um, I would say the difference was noticeable. I mean, the first night, it was still a really good night. Like you said, people got saved. Um, it was still a powerful message of salvation. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily, like, the kids were, like, shouting and leaping right. with joy. Not, like, really into, like... You know, the second, second and second third night, service yeah. where you, like, preached on the Holy Ghost, laid hands. Um, you know, there was praise music and all the kids, like, praised at the end. Like, it, w it was different. Like, kids were praising at the end, like, way past the time that you had preached yeah. and finished laying hands. They kept on, like, And you could feel jumping the difference, and, like, in the response during yeah. the preaching. Yeah, even during the preaching, yeah. there, you know, they, they were... They were sitting like this, like listening into the message, yeah, like really on the, attentive. On the edge of their seat, like yeah. like into it, not just like, I'm here because my grandma drove me here tonight. Yeah. So. And then I feel like even, I think it's just like human nature maybe to be skeptical about people sometimes. I mean, at least I feel like I can be that way where it's like, eh, I feel like I kind of have to like sit in one service and kind of see what you're about type of thing. Right. So it's like maybe they also they, like. They don't know me yet. Yeah. Yeah. They gotta like warm up to you. Mm -hmm. So I would say, I'm gonna read this scripture from 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul again. He writes, he says, uh, My beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Mm -hmm. So Paul says, Be immovable. Don't allow, because I would say, honestly, I would say 95% of preachers are movable by the audience. Yeah. What I mean by that is, like, they'll change their message in order to get the response they're looking for rather than preach what the Holy Spirit actually gave them to speak. But I think a trait and a sign of a good preacher, and I think, if anything, my family exemplifies this quality, 
is you're not going to move me from what I know to be true from the Bible. And I'm going to preach what I want to preach. Yeah. I'm not going to preach because I know if I preach this, like I'll get this response and I can get this picture taken from my Instagram and I can get this, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm preaching what the Holy Spirit gave me to preach. And the reason I do that and why my family does that is because we know those are the best kinds of services. I don't want to be a trendy youth speaker. I I, I don't even have it in me. Mm -hmm. I really do not. I don't have it in me to wear whatever people wear. I, you know, I preached those youth services with like a suit. You yeah. saw the pictures. I was wearing sport coats and like dress shoes and like slacks. Yeah. It's like I, I didn't come in with like a Palm Angels hoodie and whatever. I don't even know what people wear. But like I, I didn't come in like trying to be cool. I'm, I'm me. You can mm-hmm. like me. You can not like me. I'm preaching what the Lord gave me to preach. And I'm mm-hmm. believing that God will do what he said he'll do. Be movable, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Amen. And then these final two, um, be a nice person to be around. Um, what we mean by that is, can you add on that? Like, Because we talked about it. It's like the people that host you, they shouldn't feel like when you're, when you're at the end of the meeting, like, thank God this meeting's over. Yeah, I right? guess the way that I think about it is like, if we were the most, like, unlikable, needy people, like, who knows if that meeting would have gotten extended? You know what I mean? Like, if you're unlikable and kind of just, like, a jerk to everybody you're asking for and demand for, like... Green M&Ms in your room. Or pH 7 water with right. um, electrolytes and five yeah. gum that's, like, spearmint specifically. Right. Like, you're just unlikable. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really... Make the trip fun for the people yeah, that are hosting you. Yeah, you don't want to have people like that around you. Yeah. So it's like... Because I think as much as you're being a minister to, like, the youth, you're also being a minister to the youth pastor that's invited you to yeah. come preach. Because they're not around people like you all the time. Mm-hmm. They're around people that are always discouraging them mm-hmm. and telling them, like, oh, we can't do this for the youth group or we can't do that. But when they're around you, they're around faith if you're mm-hmm. faith people. And so would you agree with that? Like, yeah. encourage them. Like, um, we had a great time. We yeah, had great we pizza. we had fun. Connecticut, had- if you don't know, has the best pizza. It's not in New York City. It's not in Boston. Mm-hmm. It's not in Chicago. It is in a place specifically called New Haven, Connecticut. Would you agree? You had it, right? Yes, yes. So, um, the best pizza. Frank Pepe's is the best pizza that I've ever had Frank in my Pepe's life. Frank Pepe's is good. That's where we went. But the place, He's going to say Sally's. I haven't had Sally's. There's a place called Sally's. Sally's a pizza. That's what they call it. Or a pizza. That's how they say it. Because mm-hmm. I'm so cultured, you see? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you want pizza, again, this is supposed to be a minister uh, broadcast, but I'm telling you right now, the best pizza is in New Haven, Connecticut, where we were. Sally's a pizza. If you can't get Sally's, Frank Go Pepe's. Go to Frank Pepe's. And, and order just a plain cheese pizza. Yes. And a margarita. And a margarita pizza. The margarita pizza was also the best margarita pizza I've ever had. So, again, I get back to the main point. Make it fun for the people that invite you. Yeah. Be enjoyable then, to be around. Yeah. And don't think so, like, highly of yourself that, like, you don't talk to people. Like, right. I know people like, like that. I'm the minister. Like, I'm going to walk Like, off. don't talk yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I'm just going to go sit in the office. Like, even even the youth kids. Like, yeah. you know, we, we stayed after services. Talk we talked to them. Gave one of advice. the nights. Yeah. One of the nights we even, like. They sat down with the, us. Yeah, like all the people that were interested in going to Bible college, they sat down with us. We ate, you know, answered their questions, answered their questions about yeah. yeah, about Bible college. And so it's like... That makes a big difference. Yeah, it makes a big difference because they they get to know you a little bit more, know that you're genuine, and, right. and they are more prone to receive from you more easily, I guess. Would right. you say that? Yeah. Like, like if they know you? Yeah. I mean, like, like, it's like Paul said... Um, 
what well, he talks about how when he finished preaching, I forget which book it is in, but it says they longed to be with him. That's what mm-hmm. it says. Like they wanted to be around Paul. Yeah. Like when he would come, they would like meet him at his ship and like give him gifts because they loved him. Yeah. It wasn't just like he brought power to the city. It's like they loved being with Paul. Mm-hmm. And I find that with people that are anointed, you want to be around them. Yeah. The, the anointing should attract people to you, not make you unlikable and people don't want to talk to you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if you're so anointed, you have no friends. You're not anointed. You're annoying. Actually, yeah. this would be the right word. Yes. But there's people that like they have this idea like, oh, I'm a, I'm a man of God. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman of God. And so I have to pray for 17 hours a day and I can't hang out with people or talk to people. It's like, don't be that way. Right? Yeah. So I would and say And most that, likely you're not praying 17 hours yeah, in a day. You're just probably real. on YouTube by yourself because you're bored or whatever. Um, and then the last one, I'm going to wrap it up with this. And then I'm going to pray for you at the end. Uh, me and my wife are together. Um, don't preach down to people was the last one. So yes. what I mean by that is um, being strong doesn't mean you can't be encouraging at the same time. And I, again, I talk about my cousin Jonathan because I love him. But I would say he exemplifies that the best, mm-hmm. where he's a strong man of God. He preaches hard. He'll sweat through suits. He'll sweat through yes. dress shirts. He doesn't preach soft at all. No. preaches strong. But you don't feel beaten down no you don't feel discouraged you don't Quite feel like the opposite it's the opposite you feel like i can run through a brick wall yes i can take on anything the devil wants to throw my way this year it doesn't matter because i have the faith to overcome whatever life might uh, throw my way so don't preach down to people like don't just beat people into submission you're going to hell because of a b and c and you'll never it's like preach strong mm-hmm. but when you preach strong but God can turn things around. God can raise you higher. God mm-hmm. can take you where he needs you to go. And like, so do that. You know what I mean? I don't know mm-hmm. if you have anything to add on to that. But. Um, I would say people get beaten down all the time. Exactly. You know, yeah. people are already like so oppressed and beaten down by, by life yeah. in itself. So it's like, why, why, why even go to church if that's what you're, that's what you're going and going to get more of, you know, right. like why go to church if you're just going to get beaten down even more? Like, no, you should make it a point to make your, make your service like uplifting and encouraging. Like, yes, you'll preach strong, but also encourage people. Like you said, like I've never left a meeting, one of Jonathan's meeting and felt discouraged quite the opposite. I've left feeling like I'm like, I can do anything really. Right. Um, and so that's how it should be. You should, and they I think should. for some reason people think you have to choose between preaching salvation and repentance, mm-hmm. but then also faith and encouragement. Yeah. You don't have to, especially yeah. if you have more than one night to speak. Mm-hmm. You can focus services on certain areas. And so that's why I said like I took the first night and I focused on um, salvation, repentance, mm-hmm. holiness. But by the end, it's like you don't want the meeting stand. Yeah. And so... Um, and like you you did that and then and then you went on and all the different, all the other nights, you... you lifting them up you said yeah. you know like you you can make a difference in your generation you can make a difference in your family you can yeah. you can live a different life because the bible says faith works by love yeah it doesn't work by you being a jerk mm-hmm. faith works by love the bible even talks in that verse like i could i could speak in the tongues of angels but if yes. i have not love i'm just a clangy noisy symbol so have love for your generation preach with love preach with passion and mm-hmm. authenticity but with love ultimately yes. love um, is what really transforms people's lives. And we saw great results and in those I, meetings because yeah. of it. You know? And I think that when you really love people, it makes you a better preacher. Like, it, it's what makes you a good preacher yeah. because you you see people's hurt, you see people's how people's lives are going, and, and you know the truth. You know, like, that they can live a different life, and it makes you 
a better preacher, I, I would say. Absolutely. So preach with love. And uh, let me just go through. I'll read them quickly, the points we gave you. Number one, fast and pray. Uh, number two, uh, who's hosting the meetings? Go to places that are open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Number three, share what the Lord does in your meetings. Uh, marry a wife like Emily or a husband that's like Emily. Uh, not Obviously not a woman, but anyways, you get it. Um, number four, end things on a high note with praise. Um, don't preach past the high note. Number five, preach simple but powerful doctrines. Number six, testify of what God did, testimonies. Uh, number seven, don't be discouraged by a disappointing first service, press through till you get the breakthrough. Number eight, don't preach down to people. Be strong but encouraging simultaneously. Number nine, and finally, be a good person to be around for the people that invite you. Yes. Be uplifting. Uh, don't be needy. Don't be complaining all the time about the bathroom is whatever and don't I, be I that need person. these snacks and I like this. Just be someone that encourages and uplifts those that you come mm -hmm. into contact with as you minister mm -hmm. and as you travel. And I want to pray for you because I believe you are going to do great things for God. Yeah. Will you join my, uh, take my hand? Mm -hmm. I want to pray for everyone that's on or watching this, this replay of this recording. Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that in the year 2024 and beyond, you would open many doors for people that would watch this broadcast, people that are believing for you, God, to open doors for them. I pray that you'd open doors. As you've opened doors for me and my wife, I pray that you'd open doors for them. May they do great things in their generation. As time is coming to an end and as your son is soon returning for his church, God, use us more than you ever have. Use the people that are watching this right now more than you ever have. May they never lack the finances to go. May they never lack the vehicles or the transportation. May everything they need be provided along the way. And may they have an effective ministry that reaches as many people as possible. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I enjoyed doing this with you, by the way. Oh, It was I'm really glad. fun. Hopefully we'll do it again a lot. Yeah. Not here all the time because there's service tonight. You can probably hear the music. A little but bit. But we're going to get our setup going soon. Yes. And so I love you very much. I know my wife loves you very much. Do you love yes. them? Yes. Right. I, I love you I guys. don't know who it is exactly we're talking to. Uh, yeah. Whoever you <laughs> are, people. I love you. Yeah. So we love you very much. Um, thank you if you follow us and you've seen what we've done and you think it's good. At least it's all right. Um, we appreciate it very much. And uh, this is only the beginning of what God's going to do in your life and our lives. And so we love you. And I really, really hope we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you very love much. Love you guys. Bye. Love. <laughs>